Hi, Resilient Catholic Community. This is week 27 for Formation Fellowship, and this is Marian Bean Moreland, and I'm happy to be with you here today to talk to you about Essential Practices for Human Formation in Action, pages 39 to 44 out of the Cameron Thompson's book. Thompson's approach to human formation looks at it more from the perspective of being in seminary or someplace where people are living together in community life, but there's still practices we can glean if we're not in community life. Essential aspects he brings in are verbal instruction, community structure, small fraternities, personal formation advisors, and duties. Let's kind of look a little bit deeper into each of those, but also bring in the concept of our multiplicity and the work we're doing here in the resilient Catholic community. Thompson says the goal of verbal instruction, both in written and oral form, is to articulate goals and the means of achieving them. Verbal instruction can be seen often in the form of written rules and handbooks but it also means conferences, lectures, and even personal advice. And he goes on to say that one of the most impactful forms of verbal instruction is through the media of books or films that inspire greatness of the soul and provide exemplary models of character. Well-written biographies of great men and women can go a long way in shaping a person's character. Because I don't want you to miss Dr. Peter's definitions, I looked up the definition of verbal instructions and I got from Coach's Insider, verbal instructions are medium to long goal-directed task-oriented phrases of generally three or more words in length, verbally administered to an individual prior to motor skill performance in order to enhance athletic performance and or motor skill learning. And Law Insider says, verbal instruction means any communication given by telephone or in person. I went out to Coach's Insider because that takes in my background with a degree in sports and health science um, where I planned to be a coach and God had a slightly different plan in mind for me, uh, one I'm much happier with. But I have often thought of human formation in terms of kind of the relationship that we ha- would have with a coach who's training us along the way. Um, you know, you go to workshops, you learn, you know, special events, you learn skills, you practice throwing or particular movements or whatever it is, but you work at it to refine your skills. And, you know, in a sense, that's what we're doing. We're refining our skills in getting to know our system and getting to know the parts in us and their needs and how they, how we can interact with them. Verbal instructions in our IFS journey might also, might include um, communication between the self and a part or even part to part. It might be the didactic portion of your weekly company meeting. But if the goal is learning, it would serve us well to consider some other learning styles. 
much like how our parts have different personalities or love languages, they have different learning styles. Verbal instructions work well for the auditory learner, but some parts need to see an instruction written down on paper or demonstrated before they have the opportunity to do a task and really understand it. When my husband and I started learning ballroom dancing, these different learning styles were so obvious. The dancer in him combines his analytical parts and he wants to see the steps on the floor in front of him. My dancer part just wants to feel it. Just lead me through it, then correct my mistakes, and we can do it again. The difference in how these parts learn made it interesting for an instructor working with both of us. And this is how it can be with parts because where I had a dancer part that wanted to just feel it, if I switch over and look at my more analytical part or the part that helped me to learn math and algebra and was annoyed when I got to about eighth grade and they called this thing algebra that we had been doing since like first grade and they gave it a different name. Um, but that part wanted to see a problem explained on the board, read the instructions, follow the process. She did not want to be doing problems over and over like I would have would dance steps, practice it over and over, get it in my head. That was not the case with the part of me that loves math. So the RCC in its wisdom, uh, thank you, Dr. Peter, it doesn't just teach you how to work with your internal system on an intellectual level um, or how to teach your part, work with your parts in one way, but it provides experiential exercises. The experiential exercises might be done in your head a journal, or even drawing a part. Providing different ways for parts to communicate, look, communicate information to all of our parts. So the next piece Cameron talks about is community and small fraternities. You know, at a large picture, we might be looking at something like the church at a whole. On a smaller picture, we're stepping down into many of our family homes, the domestic church, where the catechism says that the Christian home is the place where children receive the first proclamation of the faith. For this reason, the family is rightly called the domestic church, a community of grace and prayer, a school of human virtues and of Christian charity. That's catechism 1666. I bring this in because that part up there where Cameron was talking about rules and home. Uh, for any of you young parents, I'm just, skip that, edit that out. Characteristics of community and small fraternities would look like a reliable structure, leadership, weekly meetings, regular common activities, encouragement, and consulting with one's peers about situations and relationships in a constructive and directed way. 
this is one of the pieces that I think we have a great opportunity here with the resilient Catholic community in order to be able to have our weekly meetings, have the support that is needed, and to be able to encourage each other to listen to each other's parts. For some people, the opportunity to share in a small group is the first time they've ever really felt heard. The resilient Catholic community hopefully provides a safe place for individuals to learn and grow in their human formation. Cameron goes on to talk about personal human formation advisors, which sound like a academic counselor or career coach um, on your human formation. Um, they, he suggests that these be prudent guides, mentors, accompaniment, personal and individual, and trained, knowledgeable experts in the human formation, and that it's appropriate that you have rapport. Now, some of this is are pieces that we can bring into the resilient Catholic community, but Dr. Peter and myself and the rest of our team are not really doing individual plans with people. So if an individual plan is something you want to look at, you might want to look at working with a therapist or a coach for your own work. So speaking of personalized plans, let's move into that. Cameron says that Sorry, Thompson says that this is an individual's particular schedule and basic rules drawn up under the guidance of his or her personal formation advisor that articulates general principles of human formation as they apply to the specific needs of the individual and exigencies of his or her personal circumstances and temperaments. And these duties should rotate semi-regularly between individuals as the individual progresses in her, his or her human formation, these duties should become more complex and important. As a parent, that sounds like, you know, kind of like home in that there's kind of, there becomes a rule. Some homes might have a formal rule, my home didn't, but there was like an unwritten rule of how we treat each other. And as the children get older, we progress throughout the activity. In our parts work and in getting to know our, our internal system, you know, we start off slow in just getting to know the parts that kind of run our lives, the managers, you know, and then we start to get to know the firefighters that want to make sure that we have a lot of fun in our lives or don't work too hard, whatever that looks like in our life. And then we move into, are we ready to work with exiles? It's in a progression as our system becomes comfortable and ready with us. The RCC provides a, the other aspect that Thompson brings in is physical activity. And he talks about how regular physical activity engages the totality of one's physical body, which the coach in me loves to see because 
our bodies are given to us and created by God as well. And part of taking care of them includes tending towards their physical needs. Um, does not mean we all need to be gym monkeys and spend hours and hours a day at the gym, but we're talking about regular movement and activity when that is practical. So let's switch over and look at what we're doing here in the RCC. The RCC provides a year-long program focused on human formation, IFS, and a Catholic anthropology with an option to continue into formation fellowship. The IMK is not a plan for lifetime of growth, but it provides a sort of image of where you were when you entered the RCC. One of the things that comes up for me as I see clients and maybe a little bit more as I've been doing feedback sessions is like these parts have negative names, you know, like the self-sacrificer, the procrastinator, like who wants to have a procrastinator? But as many of you have probably noticed, and as you get to work with your system more and more, that procrastinator might suddenly become the part in you that says, hey, you need to slow down, you've been working too hard. Many of you have heard my story of my taskmaster, but I'm gonna tell it here again for anyone who hasn't. When I started this, I had a taskmaster and it was like one of those little Russian monkey doll monkeys with the fedora and the symbols and somehow this monkey also managed to hold a whip I don't know how it did with two symbols but it did and it sat up on my right shoulder and it snapped that whip at me and it was like get busy get busy do all this stuff you've got to get stuff done really important to get stuff done that's the job and you know there are times that's really nice you know I like to get stuff done it's important to accomplish tasks. But when I started, there was this underlying message. Well, if you're not doing something, you're not worth anything. That part wasn't so helpful. And that's really where I started my IFS journey was working with that taskmaster. And now, some years later, that taskmaster really isn't much of one anymore. It's more of a mentor along the way. I actually call that part Linda Alice, little bit Wonder Woman for Linda Carter, uh, for those of us old enough to remember that, and a little bit Alice from the Brady Bunch. Made a bit of a transition. Sometimes it feels a little harried, but really good at helping me get stuff done, as long as that part is staying close to self. So. Your IMK may be an opportunity to say, okay, this is kind of where I started, but this really isn't so much a taskmaster anymore. This is like a nice mentor, right? You also have the opportunity for community, whether it's things like the retreat that's upcoming or having companions on your journey, people to walk with you. And there is continued encouragement to do your own individual work because you matter. We can't do this for you. 
So building on the human formation plan that Dr. Peter mentioned in week 22, I'm going to give you my way of integrating practices we ask you to do in the RCC. We talk about parts check-ins. Parts check-ins don't have to take long. My friend Jody likes to say it's like surveying the countertop and looking what's on there and wiping up some of the spills. I am not pulling everything off the countertop and scrubbing the corners. I'm just putting away a few things and cleaning up any messes. It can also be as simple as what do I notice right now as I begin to I use that one a lot before I'm meeting with people. How am I, what am I noticing as I'm going into this meeting with this person or people? Sometimes a parts check-in is just a quick opportunity to love on my parts and say things like, wow, we got up really early for that appointment this morning. Thank you. Thank you for helping me to stay strong through the rest of the day. Part sessions, taking it just a little bit deeper. You can use the recorded experiential exercises, but ultimately there's some key goals of really befriending our parts. They include accompanying them, raising them. Some of our littles have never had an opportunity to really be parented, helping them to unburden. Maybe they need a relocation. They need to not live in that home where all of those things happened. And then eventually inviting them to do something they'd like more that will help the system. Then there's the parts journal. I keep my journal on my desk. I keep it handy. I have asked my parts permission for it to be messy. I have parts that thought it was nice to do different colors for different parts. The problem was the parts weren't going to tell me which part was talking before I started writing. So then I just really ended up with a colorful journal and we all decided we were okay with it. Parts mapping. Parts mapping is not 10 quick tips to getting your parts in order. I have tried that. It doesn't work. Um, Parts mapping might be a piece of paper in the trailhead. What do I notice around this issue? Representing each of the part on paper and then listening. Which part needs the most attention? Which one will make the biggest difference if they feel heard? And allowing the other parts to witness it. In the experiential exercise, I'm going to bring in a little bit of my own experience. I'm going to do um, an exercise called gathering in my heart, which combines an opera. The experiential exercise that I'm going to do draws on some of my own personal experience. I call it gathering in my heart, but really it's a time to gather with my parts around a particular topic and be able to work with them. This harkens back for me to a time when my middle child was struggling. She was 18 months old and having severe hip pain, fevers, rashes occasionally, these little things coming up. And uh, 
over the course of about 18 months, there were a lot of invasive testing done to try to find out what was wrong. And yeah, it was just really hard. And I will say the short side of it is she was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis at about three years old. Um, she's an adult now. Uh, it was in remission for a long time. She has some of it now, but she's managing it. So for those of us that, for those of you that I know will care about that. But what I bring this up is there was a point or two things. One, that my community that I was with Whenever we had an important appointment, I knew there was a person from our prayer group that was going to be in front of the Blessed Sacrament. But the other experience, which is where I'm going to draw our experiential from, was my favorite place to pray. The church we were at in California had a partial communion rail and then a carpeted sanctuary and the tabernacle was over on the right hand side and i was working there by this time and there were a lot of you know i was used to cleaning the church and all that stuff and moving around and in my moments of really trying struggling with the prayer praying and dealing with a child who was struggling and an older sister too um sitting on the carpet with my back to the communion rail in front of the tabernacle, so on the floor, basically, at Jesus's feet. And that, to me, it was one of the most powerful times of prayer. And even now, my daughter is turning 30 in a matter, well, she will have turned 30 by the time this comes out. And I still go back to that session and still remember that time of prayer. And so I'm going to bring with our experiential, bring you into kind of that experience. The other kind of aspect or that we talk about in here is therapy, coaching, or mentoring. You know, you've heard us say this before, this isn't therapy. It, it really isn't. And I know we talk a lot sometimes about trauma and the bad things that happen to us, but we're not providing the one-on-one -on -one care of a therapist. That's really something that is outside of the realm of this formation. What we're trying to do is give you the tools so you know how to find those things that need to be worked on. And if you can't work with it on your own, then you have an opportunity to work with a therapist or a coach. Um, Sometimes our parts just need to be witnessed. They need to be seen and not feel like they're alone. So doing our parts work individually can be really augmented by having another person. This might be a session with my IFS coach or it might even just be with a good friend who knows the parts language. Bringing parts into our physical life is important. Making the parts check-ins like reminders. What are some keys that you can... Coming back to our human formation plan, we also wanna think about bringing parts into our lives physically. 
having parts check-ins, doing all the things we talked about, but noticing when a part is helping, expressing gratitude. I can say that when I've been working with clients and actually in my own experience as well, that some of the most powerful work comes from just expressing gratitude to a part who really didn't feel appreciated for a very long time. You can also bring parts into your spiritual life. And I know Dr. Peter has talked about this, praying vocal prayer with a part, the rosary, one bead for each part, accompanying parts in mass, Thanksgiving after mass. I like to take walks with my prayer, with my parts, um, whether I'm maybe praying the rosary or just walking. Lawn mowing for me is another thing. For some reason, that physical stuff shuts down enough of my parts that think they have to be doing things and really allows me to have some quiet time. So that's a wrap. We're going to switch up over to our experiential side and I hope you have a great day.